Need a break from the horrifying reality of real life? Well, do we have a sexy deal for you. Go to adamandeve.com and use our special code HORROR for 50% off almost any item and free shipping. That's H-O-R-R-O-R at checkout for 50% off and free shipping. Order now and get ready to... Ooh, hello. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to episode 82. Woo! Oh, 82 woo! 82 woo. Uh, I'm horrified. You guys, guess who's between us right now? <laughs> it's someone I love. It's someone I've missed. It's a true beauty with a booty and also a mind. And then also we have a guest. <laughs> um, no, that intro was for... Our sweet... <laughs> We were just talking about this. We call her our ex-roommate. That sounds kind of rude. Our bestest, our bestest, bestest pal. We'll go with third ghost co-host. True. British Becky, she's back. Hello, everybody. She's back. If you are an OG fan, you an OG. I'm horrified fan. You listened to her talk to us about color theory. What episode was that? I'm going to look it up right now. Many, it was, many moons ago. It was, yeah, it was honestly like 11 or 12. Well, we were just talking about the fact it was the old microphone. Yes, it was our old <laughs> microphone. It was the old microphone. We didn't have old glow here. No. Um, I'm scrolling. Alexis Clemens. She was, she was first. Oh, Alexis. Yeah, we yeah. have episode you know, 23. Color wow. Featuring Becky Thurgood. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was. Roughly 60 weeks ago. July 29th, 2018. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. That was so long ago. It was. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. And now here we are, October of 2019, uh, and she's back. I to know. talk about something uh, less, less exciting. Less exciting of, than color theory. Give oh. us lots of personal details about your life since then. Uh, uh, I moved. You yeah. moved. We all moved. We all <laughs> I got moved. a cat. Yeah. She's a fat cat now. Yeah. He's on a diet, and it's not going very well. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's called Bear. He's so cute, though. Yeah. He's a really cute pink nose. Yeah. I really like him. It's we'll good. get a picture on the internet if she yeah, allows it. Yeah, maybe it should just be the, because everybody will be upset and angry by the end of this episode, we should just have a picture of there instead. Oh, definitely. <laughs> a good, soft, yeah. well, we won't say fat, we'll say soft, he's a soft boy. A soft he is a soft um, boy. But yeah. I, we just had an episode about cats, the musical. That's true. So this is a nice transition. Yeah. He would have been uh, the James Corden cat whose name I'm now forgetting. Oh. Oh, oh. Oh, Bustopher Jones. Bustopher Jones. I'm sorry. He would have been Bearstopher Jones. Jones. Oh, that's what his jellical name is. It is jellical. We like to call him Bear Chub. Oh, great name. Because there's an NFL football player who his last name is Chub. There's two of them. One of them's injured currently. They're brothers. But one is called Chub. And every time I see him, I'm like, oh, Bear Chub. Oh, he's the third brother. He's a bear cub. And a chub. But he's a chub. But he's also, at the same time, a chub. He's Medically like, overweight. Yeah. He's yes. a veterinary. He is obese. He is legally so. obese. But that's fine. We don't judge here. No, I no. mean, we do, but not cats. Not no. about their weight. <laughs> not weight. Um, no. we, we judge a lot of things, but not body types. Not no. body types. No. So, Becky. Yeah. What are you doing here in my house? Not talking about my cat? <laughs> no, we're gonna, we well, can. We'll have what, you on for the next I'm Thrilled. What, okay, what have, you, what have you come here to chat, talk to the people about? Uh, Brexit. And I'm really sorry <laughs> because I feel like, or at least I feel like I have not been able to escape Brexit for two years. Which is funny because you live here. I know, but, but I just... You're very culturally plugged in. Yes. Yeah, but I also feel like it's been here. 
Brexit. People have been talking about it. John Oliver has kept it in the public eye yes. as best he could. And I just feel like Boris Johnson keeps doing stuff that even here people are like... He seems like a nightmare child. Yeah, he's bad. That was bad. Will but, we get to him? Yes. Okay, we'll get but to him. But just know that he is the third prime minister, I think, that we have had without an election. That's so weird. <laughs> that seems <laughs> like too many three. times <laughs> to not have voted. I feel like somebody needs to fact check, but it's definitely him and Theresa May mm-hmm. were at least... The, yeah. yeah. They, they weren't elected. Feels like that's not allowed. No, no, it is. That's how it works. <laughs> oh, it's going to be here, too. Like... Pretty soon, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. We could have a whole that. episode on like the UK parliamentary voting system, but that's probably and a you bad folks idea. at home will tell us if you want that. <laughs> oh, for um, real tweet at us because I would be very interested to learn more about that. Uh, okay. Becky, quickly tell us where you're from and your connection to English politics. Just quick, quick snapshot quickly. before we get into. So it. I was born in England. I haven't actually lived there since I was 11, um, but I can still vote there, so I still feel like I have some sort of. Um, responsibility to try and keep up with what's going on um i really got into british politics after the 2016 brexit referendum so this was kind of when i finally started having opinions about things and um i've just noticed at the moment that whenever somebody finds out i'm english the first thing they go is what's happening with brexit (laughs) (laughs) we don't stay updated on current events we have so many yeah Yeah. it just seems so crazy to me what's going on over there in america yeah me too in america since 2016 everyone's just been white knuckling it so the idea that like does someone else understand like what's happening here that was a bad year that was a bad year for you because you voted in both those elections i cried at two elections yeah So, yeah, I guess the other thing is I'm going to try and present kind of a balanced viewpoint and give people the facts about this, but I'm going to put it out there. I voted Remain. I think leaving the uh, the EU is a bad idea for the UK, and that's probably going to colour some of the things I say. Well, you're on a podcast called I'm Horrified. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I shouldn't be on I'm Thrilled talking about why it's going to be so good. We have no journalistic integrity. (laughs) No. Journalistic integrity? Who's she? It's it's become a weird thing in the UK now where like when people have these debates, they'll be like, oh, what did you vote? Are you a Remainer or a Leaver? Because people will instantly just be like, well, if you voted Remain, then we're on the same page. If you voted Leave, then... Which feels like something you don't do in America, even though we're all godless morons. Yeah. Like, you don't ask. You, you no. kind of infer. Yeah. yeah. If I see a guy in, like, a Ram pickup truck, I'm like, well, I mean, oh, naturally, yeah. that guy probably voted for Trump, but we're not going to go ahead and talk about it. So. Yeah, I don't ask because I'm afraid of the answer. True. True. <laughs> Some of it, I think, has to do with English people's need to apologize. Mm. Just like, I'm really sorry, I did vote Remain. <laughs> yeah. I know you voted Leave, but... <laughs> let me yeah. apologize, and they're like, well, let me apologize. Yeah, I'm well. also sorry. Very yes. British problem. Yeah. <laughs> so. so, we would love to take advantage of your expertise on the issue could you and I think I I honestly I know I'm not very well informed um but we know this but I I haven't stayed very up to date mm-hmm. on it um oh well it's been hard recently it's hard yeah but yeah. even when it was happening there was so much happening that I kind of you know Americans are horrible at keeping up on you know international news because why would we need to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not something that I was ever really keyed into. So I'm really interested to kind of get a full breadth of what happened from your perspective. Mm-hmm. And also, with a couple years departed from it, like, what does it, lo- what does it sound like? What does the narrative sound like now to you? Yeah. And what does it seem like to you? Yeah. So bring us back to 
How back? How far back are we going? 2015? 2015. Okay. Ooh, fun. So we're going back. Gotta get back in time. That year was fine. <laughs> that was a good it year. It was fine, yeah. yeah. We're going back to 2015. Uh, we were all still in college. It Younger, was nice. thinner, less depressed. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> I gotta be um, And we're going back to Prime Ministers. We're going back to David Cameron. Who I remember. So, mm-hmm. Yes. He called an election in 2015, and part of his party, the Conservative Party's manifesto, was a promise that he had made all the way back in 2011, but it officially came to be party policy in 2015, that they would have a, what he called, an in or out vote. It wasn't going to be a, do we reform, do we change how we stay a member, the vote was going to be, we are going to have yes or no. And he promised that that was going to be what happened in his party's manifesto. In or out of the United... Of the European European unions. Yeah, so this whole thing is, Brexit is the UK citizens, it's very important that you say UK, voting on whether they would still like to be a member state of the European Union. Yes. So those are the 27 other nations, the blue flag with the stars, Mm -hmm. European Union. The Euro. The Euro. I think I could name like 15 Um, of them. So we've been in the, we've been in the European Union since the 1970s. We were always a bit more Euro skeptic. We never joined the single currency, which is the Euro. We had to pull the pound sterling from the European um, economic exchange rates. So that means that it uh, trades at different levels than the euro, which is why there's differences. For a while, they were trading at the same rate, Mm -hmm. uh, even though it wasn't the same currency. Um, So in 2015, Parliament passes the EU referendum bill. And so that means that uh, now David Cameron has put in place an official law that says there has to be a vote, a referendum on EU membership and the date that was set for that was the 23rd of June 2016. And that's so interesting because I feel like in American politics and maybe you guys are all about to serve me and be like you're wrong Sam but I feel like it's like you can't just call a vote of like should we do this yay or nay it's like there's a bill and the bill gets approved by one house and then it gets approved by the other house. Yes and then, like, which is why that. nothing gets done. Yeah. But it also is different. That is what happens in this case. Okay. Okay. So there is still a process of a bill becoming an act becoming a law uh-huh. and in the UK laws then still have to get signed into law by the Queen. Okay. So there's like a whole other step but condensing it all down mm-hmm. from the House of Commons the House of Lords he gets that bill passed. Oh. That bill becomes the with the uh, referendum withdrawal bill. Okay. So a lot of the reason why David Cameron had to call it is because in the 2015 election, there was a party called UKIP, UK Independence Party, um, and they won, won 3.8 million votes. Wow. So that was a big deal. In the UK, we have two main parties, the Conservative Party, the Labour Party, um, kind of analogous to the Republicans and the Democrats, but different. And uh, the UKIP voters mostly came from the Conservative Party membership. Mm -hmm. So David Cameron felt like if he, though he was a true Remainer, didn't call this election, he was going to lose a lot more people from his party. Yeah. So it was much more of a political move for him than it was an actual staunch belief yeah. in Brexit. Like, he didn't think yeah. leave was going to be the best. No, I mean, he said, and this is a quote, the United Kingdom is stronger and better off by remaining a rem- member of the European Union. Like, he really believed that this was something that he had to do, not something that he wanted to do. Interesting. Yeah, so... 2016, June 23rd, 
we have this referendum date. And overall, 51.89% voted leave and 48.1% voted remain. So it's pretty close. It's really close. It's really pretty close. However, when you get down into the breakdown, it gets kind of interesting. So you had 72.2% of voters turn out across the whole United Kingdom. Wow. Which is a lot. It's one of the biggest turnouts of voters that any of the countries in the United Kingdom has ever had. So when you break it down, England voted 53.4% leave and 46.6% remain. Mm -hmm. So mostly leave. They have 15 million voters in England. So that's a huge chunk of the population in general. So Northern Ireland voted 55% remain and 46 or 44% leave, but they're only 350,000 people. Yeah. So England has a huge say. And like Scotland voted 62% remain. Scotland's in. Scotland is in. Scotland and Northern Ireland are in. England and Wales are out. But England has so many more voters. It really skews. It really skews. They have more voters than anybody else in any of the other countries. So whatever England said was going to be the way that we we went. And that was kind of a big deal for people. Um, So the day after Brexit happened, David Cameron resigns. The day after. He was like, I'm not going to be Prime Minister anymore. I'm going to see it out until we can find somebody else to lead the Conservative Party. But because I was a Remain voter and that's what not what the country wanted, I don't think I can be the person to lead the country into this brave new age of being anti-Europe. That's so interesting to me because like... He was, he really fucked off. He was really, yeah, he yeah. was really like, I deeply am good. Yeah. Like, I'm actually set. Like, that's so wild. Yeah. And, like, that's another thing. Like, I can't imagine an American politician doing that. Never. No. They would dig their heels and yeah. be like, well, fine. You want to do that? Well, I'm going to die here. So yes. that's the end. <laughs> it's really interesting because the prime minister is not above politics in the way that the president is. Yeah. So it works like as if the head of the Democrats in the House and the head of the Republicans were the person that became the president. Mm -hmm. So, like, whoever had more members of Congress, that person was then the president. It's not... You don't vote for the president as an individual, which is why when the head of the party leaves they can have a new head of the party without having an election. It's less of a big deal than the... Pre- it, I, won't, I won't say less of a big deal, but it seems less It's less individual. Yeah, it's less yeah, individual. Yeah. And less individual. It's less yeah. about the personality of one person, and it's yes. more about the ideas of the group. Yeah, it's much yes. more local politics-centric. Yeah. Because, you know, your local politician, you vote for that person, that big person becomes the majority, mm-hmm. the majority then chooses their leader. So your local politics vote you can't vote for like a conservative prime minister but a liberal local representative unlike you could vote for a democratic uh, president but decide that in your hometown you actually quite like the republican candidate for alderman or whatever it is it's very funny because we live in Massachusetts where we have a republican governor that's true yeah Um, that's true who Charlie Baker's Charlie Baker but people like him for the most part you know city folk don't but a lot of people really like Charlie Baker in Massachusetts and no one here is voting for Trump. That's not true. A lot of people are. But it's it's kind yeah. of similar and you couldn't have that in a separate situation. Okay. So that's kind of like the referendum, how we got there, the Why immediate outcome. 
Yeah. Do we want to talk about Boris Johnson and some of the leave campaign stuff? Uh, what I want, and this might be going there, I would love for you to explain to me the ideology behind Remain yeah. and the ideology behind Leave. Yeah. So maybe he comes in. Does he come in? Yeah, Boris Johnson comes in. Yeah. Boris what a Johnson. Dick hole. <laughs> current, seem nice. current prime minister, but at the moment in this in our story he's not the prime minister. Gotcha. He is the one of the two leaders of the Leave campaign movement. Mm-hmm. So Boris Johnson is a member of parliament for Maidenhead, I believe, which is quite close to where I grew up. Um, He also has a brother who actually recently resigned from government and a sister who is also a member of the European Parliament. So his dad also is in politics. So he comes from one of those political dynasty families. Um, The Kennedys of England. Yeah, just a bit more. Nigella Lawson's dad. More buffoony. Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Bushes of England. The Bushes, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Less slick. Is he Jeb? Well, no, because he became prime no, minister. No, he sucks, though. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's... He's George. He's W yeah, all he's the way. George. He's Dubs. Yes. So he and um, a man named Nigel Farage, who I recommend you Google because he looks ridiculous, He, who was the leader of the uh, UKIP, UK Independence Party, and Boris Johnson were the real Leave campaigners. So uh, a lot of the Leave campaign focused on the money that the UK was sending to the European Union and how if we left we could give that money to our own services at home. So they had a stat that was plastered on the side of their Brexit bus as it was called that each week the UK sends 350 million pounds to the EU. That was their big claim. Yeah. And they broke it down um as like well we could give this much money to the NHS, we could give this much money to whatever if we stopped sending money to uh, the EU. But in reality, that wasn't quite true. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the big problems with the movements, is that they were making claims that later couldn't be substantiated, but because it was all happening so quickly, nobody ever really fact-checked any of it. So that £350 million claim, uh, every week is what they said, So the UK gets a £47 million rebate from the EU. So that negates some of that spending. Yeah. £115 of that every week goes to UK universities. Oh, like abroad? No. Oh, just UK universities? Yeah. So those are there. Yeah. (laughs) It goes to pharma support. I don't mind that. For For just like everyone? In England. Oh, and it goes <laughs> and it goes to aid payments in British regions that need help from the European government. So basically, rather than the British government having to give research stipends to universities or help to farmers, the European Union does it collectively. Yeah. So we might be sending 350 million each week, we're getting back 115 of that yeah. to our own universities and farmers. But I imagine it lends capital to the European Union in yeah. a way that strengthens it. Yes, yes, because it means that it's a joint venture and it's less, um, it's more equalistic. You mm-hmm. know, each country gets the same amount. Mm-hmm. Some countries have to put more in, but it means that, you know, universities are on a level playing field. So at most, we could get £161 million back mm-hmm. from the European Union a week, which is still a huge amount of money, but nowhere near £350 million that Boris Johnson was claiming. Yeah. So he did have to take that off the side of his bus. 
Well, good. He wasn't allowed to put that on his bus. Um, Where did he get this bus? What's this bus? It's just the Brexit. It was driving around the countries being like, here's what will happen if you vote leave. You know, they get out, they give a talk, they get back on the bus and they drive around again. Like a campaign bus. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but it just said £350 million a week on the side of it. (laughs) That we get? That we lose? (laughs) Yeah. So the other thing that um, really people were fighting about when it came to Brexit was immigration. Mm. so the vote leave will cut immigration is a lot of what people campaigned for and that was in polls the number one concern of leave voters was cutting immigration um and they had to backtrack to later say that they would bring it under control but that they couldn't guarantee that it would actually cut numbers well because once you start stopping eu members come in you open up the doors for more Americans, more people from the Commonwealth, and you more really people don't want from <laughs> all sorts of other places. Yeah. Because it's not as if the jobs that immigrants were coming to fill in the UK were suddenly going to disappear. They're just you know? not going to be Italian. Yeah, yeah, right? So Or Polish, I know, is one that, that is a lot yeah, of people are racist and against. That, the people in my family who voted leave were very anti-immigrant and that always rubbed me the wrong way because we'd have these discussions in my parents' kitchen in Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like... They really take you home. <laughs> like, where do you... You're speaking to an immigrant. Where do you think that we are? Yeah. And how do you think your daughter <laughs> could get to this country when she wasn't born here? So a lot of... Um, leave voters voted solely on that issue the idea that if we leave the european union we won't have this free movement of borders that exists so at the moment if you have a european union passport you can live and work in any of the eu countries without a visa so i could say get a job move to holland and live as if i was on the same like level as any of the dutch citizens And people were saying that, oh, they're coming to the UK to use our health service. They're coming to the UK for our universities. They're coming to the UK for their school systems for our children. And in reality, the net immigration in the UK in the last 10, 15 years has been positive. More people have been coming to the UK than leaving. And it is putting pressure on the services that we as a small country can provide. But it is also having to take those immigrants because we need them to fill jobs that people won't do in the country. So you can say that people are coming to use the NHS. Most of the like patient care workers and nurse assistants in UK hospitals come from the Commonwealth and European Union nations because people who are in England will not do those cleaning menial tasks. So they say jobs and that, is something that people didn't really talk about. So the other interesting thing about Remain is that more people who lived in cities and metropolitan areas voted Remain, and more people who lived in rural areas voted Leave. Not a shock. (laughs) Not a shock, but goes to show that when you actually interact with the people who are arriving in your country and learn about them and don't just see them from afar, Mm -hmm. you tend to be less against them. Yeah, like what, people. what immigrant from Spain is coming to take your rural farm yeah, right? in the Midlands? Like, there yeah. was also a lot of... Although uh, I will say an immigrant from Spain showing up in your rural farm, that is the plot. That of is a chicken. It's like a beautiful yeah. Spanish woman and like a husky English yeah. farmer. Yes. Yeah. 
and they disagree at yeah. first, but then they grow a liking for each other, yeah. and she he, accidentally falls in a bale of hay. Yeah. We're he getting learns, very far away from the He learns Spanish for her. Oh, um, like in, oh, like in Love Actually? Oh, just like we're distilling like Becky's oh. whole culture down to Love Actually. I, I love that say, film, but she loves of, it. Speaking of distilling your culture, some of my favorite <laughs> Brexit media I saw was a clip from Love Island, <laughs> and it's like three... Which is their Jersey Shore. Yeah, and it's like three... British women with like the classic like either Londoner or like Essex, Essex yeah, Essex that are like you know the very when you think about like the silliest English accent and they're talking about Brexit and one of them's like I don't understand Brexit and the other one's like I think it's just like not letting other people into the country and then the third one's like no but it means you won't be able to go on holiday in Ibiza yeah <laughs> and the other one's like oh well if I can't go to Ibiza anymore like what the fuck I was like, this is the people having a conversation. We are distilling down the issues. You cannot go on holiday to Ibiza anymore if you vote to leave. There is currently one of the big things under negotiation is what they're calling like citizens rights abroad. Yeah. Like there are thousands of British people that live on the Costa del Sol in Spain and you go there and it's like a mini England. But at the moment they're allowed to use the health services and then the NHS reimburses those countries' health services for, um, you know, services tendered or whatever. But what happens when we're no longer part of the EU, we mm. don't have that joint insurance national health service system, are all these people going to be allowed to stay because they technically don't have a visa? Wow. Mm. Are they going to be allowed to get healthcare That's services? What about all of the people who are currently living and working in the UK that are from the EU? Yeah, do they have to get visas? Yeah, nobody knows. These are all the things that have to get negotiated. That David Cameron didn't think about before he just slapped this on. I bet he thought about it for one minute and then he was like, <laughs> I'm actually all set. Yeah. I, I am actually good to go. Don't think yeah. he thought it was going to happen. No, yeah. Yeah. He did not think he was going to get elected in 2015 and he did not think that the referendum was going to be leave. A familiar tune. Yeah. <laughs> but why don't we... Thank you. Let's, yes. Maybe we keep going on the timeline. Yes. And then we can scream more about the consequences. All right. Love it. So, shall we go back to July 2016? Theresa May becomes Prime Minister. Yes. Yes. Theresa May takes over from David Cameron after he retired. Boris Johnson had initially been the favourite. So Boris Johnson could have been our Prime Minister this from all time. the way back in 2016. He ruled himself out early after his co-campaigner launched his own campaign to become prime minister. Ah, big X. So lots of people turned away from each other into these separate camps. And then Theresa May became the person who only had a majority. Yeah. So they split their vote. They split their vote. So it wasn't a general election. UK people did not vote for Theresa May to become prime minister. It was the members of the Conservative Party, members of Parliament, whittled down the choices to two. And then people who, when they vote, say, I'm a Conservative, got to choose. So she was elected by less than 1% of the UK population, basically. Wow. So bananas. she is in charge. She is prime minister. She's our second female prime minister. That's such a weird asterisk on like her... Yeah. Oh, it's going to get worse. Yeah, it's going to get worse. Great, love it. It's going to get worse for her. Um, So in November 2016, uh, the Supreme Court of England decided that the government can't trigger Article 50 without 
consent from Parliament. What is Article 50? So Article 50 is the article in the treaties of the European Union that says peace. (laughs) So that is (laughs) the article. You can go your own way. That is the article that the country has to go. Hello, European Commission. We are England. We would like to leave. And then. (laughs) We would prefer to dip now. I, I'm a head out. Yeah. And Me at every party. I'm just going to article 50 this. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you could see Becky just giving her little, like, peace signs, like, we're dipping. We should yeah. start saying that when we're, like, in a group hang, but one of us gets tired. We should just be like, guys, I love you so much, but, like, article 50. And it's just like, great, bye. Or it's years of litigation. Yeah. 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 So basically, triggering article 50 tells Europe that we want to leave. Yes. And then we're allowed to start negotiating how we leave. Yes. So the High Court says that the government isn't allowed to do that on their own. The government has to consult Parliament. Mm -hmm. They can't just be like, we're triggering it now. What's the difference between the government and Parliament? I'm sorry. So the government is... Oh, it's really difficult because it is so complicated. Um, Can you give it to us in two sentences? You can take a minute to think about it. Parliament is the entirety of... The House of Commons, so the elected members of Parliament, and the House of Lords. Which are the fancy boys. Which are the fancy boys. The government is the Prime Minister and the Cabinet of Ministers, so the Secretaries of Defence, the Mm -hmm. Secretaries of State, who make and govern the country. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, great. Yeah, okay. So those people are all still members of Parliament, but they aren't part of the Cabinet. They're special boys. Yes. So we have fancy boys, boys. fancy boys, (laughs) the fancy boys, and then special boys. Yes. Okay. Is that helpful to everyone at home? (laughs) That's incredibly helpful to me. So you guys are just along. So it's basically saying like Theresa May and her people can't just decide to trigger Article Fifty. They have to get the consent of all of the elected members. Got it. How does the House of Lords feel about this? We can't even get into that. No. You should watch some of their proceedings. (laughs) Lots of her. (laughs) Sounds just like that. Yeah, it does. Okay. Whew. You You're got this. so good. We're so, at 30 minutes. We're, we're in 2017 now. Mm. Okay. Practically yesterday. So, January 26, 2017, Parliament votes on Article 50. And they say yes. So, in March 2017, we can tell Europe we would like to leave now. And Europe's like, we've been new. Yes, we did know. It's <laughs> like getting a save the date for a wedding. It's like... Well, yes, we knew you were having a wet... Is this the invite? Are you just telling us that... What what do we do with this piece of paper? So in March 2017, we said, Europe, we would like to officially leave. A save the day before a divorce party. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) So now, in March 2017, you enter the two-year period before the withdrawal period starts. So you can't even start no. to withdraw. You can't even start to get your toe out the water for two years. So two Which years. fair enough. You guys agreed. Yep. So that's like when you're in the pool and your mom is like, honey, get out of the pool. And you're like, five more minutes. Yep. And you know that you're going to take that five more minutes. And then you're going to sit on the steps of the pool for a while. And you're going to around. And, yeah. Yeah. So they have two years to negotiate the withdrawing. Okay. And then you have two years of the withdrawal period. Okay. To actually do the withdrawing and slowly sever systems and that kind of thing. Okay. Well, that seems smart, actually. Like, you were saying, like, there's all these unintended, like, what's yeah. going to happen to it the next time? Yes. yes. What's going to happen to this? So, we are technically within the pre-withdrawal period, still. 
because because it should have taken two years. Surprise, it has taken more than two years. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, in June 2017, surprise, we have another election. Ah. Theresa May calls an election. She had a very slim majority in general in that from that 2015 vote that she inherited and she thought if she called an election she could increase her majority so that when it came time to vote on the European withdrawal bill she'd be able to pass it really easily mm. that did not happen she had a majority of one vote yikes <laughs> so that didn't really help her very well uh she now has one member of parliament more than the opposition so passing bills is not going to go very well for her she had to end up forming a government with the um democratic unionist party who are members of parliament from ireland fun who are in favor of the union of the united kingdom northern ireland situation interesting yeah but the majority of ireland voted to remain northern ireland northern ireland, northern ireland. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. UK politics are really complicated. It's really complicated. Okay. So we're moving on to June 2017. Negotiations officially start. Negotiation station. (laughs) So we have been negotiating with Europe about how we are going to leave since June 2017. I mean, if you talk about a breakup that long, (laughs) do you really want to break up or do you just want to buy you some jewelry? Yeah, so it's kind of... Uh, it's like when people break up and they're like, well, we're still living together. Yeah. It's like, no. It is. <laughs> yeah. So they set the Brexit date as the 29th of March, 2019 at 11pm. That's the date England and Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland will no longer be part of the European Union. Didn't that date... Already happen. It happened already. Yeah. Yeah. So are you... Did I miss it? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that's going to come into play later. Okay. So um, in March 2018, so a year after they said Europe we'd like to leave, the first withdrawal agreement was sent to the UK government for parliament to debate. Okay. So they were like, here it is. We negotiated. This is our draft. This is our plan. They try to vote on it. They try to vote on it four times and it does not pass. Why not? What about it do they not like? Okay. We're flipping a page. I can just flip the whole page. We are flipping a page. So some of the key terms that are problematic in this withdrawal agreement. Backstop. Have you heard people talking about this backstop problem? I don't know what that is. No, me either. So currently on the island of Ireland. Oh yeah, you say island. Yep. Like... The country, nation of Ireland. Yeah. And this is how people have had to talk about it in the UK for like the last two years. Because are you talking about Ireland, the island, or Northern Ireland? You so. sound silly. Right? <laughs> I know. That sounds crazy when so, you say it. on the island of Ireland. <laughs> island. <laughs> the island of Ireland. You're adding an extra syllable. I know, but it's the island of Ireland. I think that she was better. She doesn't have an art to, anyway. to whack a stick at. What can okay. you do? The island of Ireland. Ireland. No. It's not happening. You gotta try your best. Just say island faster. Island of Ireland. (laughs) Better. You keep saying like, on the island of Ireland. (laughs) On the island of Ireland. That That is helpful. That is helpful. No, it's not the same. It's very helpful. That extra L isn't really in there. Oh, God. Okay. We'll move on. I'm sorry. (laughs) Our Irish listeners are like turning this (laughs) off. Okay. So, on the island of Ireland, 
there is no hard border, no customs checks between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. I have heard about this. Right. So at the moment, people can live on work on either side of the border without having to be stopped and have their passports and their cars checked every time you cross the border. If the UK leaves the European Union, Ireland, the Republic of, will remain in the European Union. And now you have to have a border between these two countries. How do you deal with the fact that people live and work across this border without imposing customs checks? Mm -hmm. So the backstop plan is the idea that I, the Northern Ireland will stay within the European Union common market and stay within the goods and services control of the European Union until such time where there is a more viable option. Okay. What would that, like, wouldn't you figure out that viable option now? Like, isn't this the time? Right, so that's the problem. There is isn't a more viable option. The UK government is trying to come up with ways, including, they call them alternative means, that's including so nice. technology, mm. that will mean that they can... Like, you can, just scan your phone and then you can walk to work That now. will mean that the backstop doesn't have to exist. Mm. This is one of the major sticking points, is that if the UK wants to leave the EU, all of it should be able to leave. But putting a border between the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland completely puts in jeopardy the, like, Irish border safety and the... Yes, it does. I can't think of the name of that. What do you mean? What's the agreement? The good... Oh, I don't remember. I did learn about it when I was studying. The Good Friday Agreement, Something I think like it's that. called... And that's something that I think I didn't even know about this until like a couple years ago because I'm ignorant. But like, A, the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland are two different places, one of which is in the UK and one of which is not. And B, they have had these crazy, violent... Oh, huge. Like, revolutions amongst themselves that like, I don't think we in the US learn that much about. Like, you kind Mm. of know like, yeah, Ireland bombings. Yep, got it. But, like, you don't really understand how much violence yeah. there's been, specifically on borders between yeah. the Republic of Ireland and Northern yeah. Ireland. and even I had a pretty significant education on what happened. Not obviously the same as somebody who grew up in Ireland yeah. or Northern Ireland, but, like, I had a pretty significant education on the history of it, and I was lived for a short time and was studying there over the summer, and what I learned over the summer was... And I don't want I don't want to paint with a broad brush. Like every Irish citizen's experience is different, but there are a lot of echoes still. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't mean that it's you can't go into certain neighborhoods, but sometimes you can, yeah. and sometimes it depends who you are. It depends, you know, who you know. It depends what happened to you and your family. It depends kind of what relationship you've grown up having to the troubles Mm -hmm. so like and i'm not speaking as an irish citizen i'm not an irish citizen um i have a vested interest in the country for a lot of different reasons um but it's i think a lot of people don't actually realize that there is still tension and it wasn't that long ago and the thing you were mentioning it was the good friday agreement Mm -hmm. and it was in the 90s (laughs) yeah it was in the 90s strongly recommend you know agreed and not everyone agreed but there there was an agreement to stop the suffering that was happening so strongly recommend the netflix series dairy girls d-e-r-r-y girls um about a group of teenagers growing up during the times of the troubles because it's like they're off being teenagers and then also 
there was a bomb scare and it yeah. really puts it into perspective. So definitely yeah. watch that if you want like a, a good education on what it was like growing up it's during the Troubles. Yeah. <laughs> really good. You will need subtitles. Yeah. But so it makes sense that like these this border between these two places is such a sticking point. Yeah, like one of the Europe like one of the EU's biggest sticking points was like making sure that this withdrawal did not affect the safety and the sanctity of the island of Ireland which was kind of an interesting that such a small country next to a slightly bigger but tiny country could cause such a rift mm. so um then some of the other um things that are sticking points are the single market so for example in the US if you have a um medicine that is made in south dakota that medicine can be made in a factory and sold in any state in the u.s because the regulations are the same mm -hmm. so like the safety precautions the drug licensing the labeling is all the same before the european union came along you know uk rules would be different than french rules would be different than german rules than would be different from italian rules the uh, single market allows for things to be set by people in Brussels at the European Union headquarters and then that is across the whole European Union. Mm. So the UK could import and export things from France knowing that they meet the same standards. Mm -hmm. So when the, Euro uh, the UK leaves the European Union, they may no longer follow the same standards that the EU does. So that means that there could be delays bringing in food, bringing in medicine, bringing in goods to the UK, but also things no longer being acceptable for export from the UK to the European Union. Mm. So how do Which you is deal? A lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, how do you deal with coming up with new agreements for every single item that gets traded across the borders? Wow. When before it was one blanket situation. So that's a really big sticking point. Without losing like a metric fuck ton of money yeah. on the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. I'm sure you could figure it out, but how much money are you gonna lose while yeah. you figure it out? And jobs and like and jobs. jobs. Yeah. yeah, and they Angela Merkel is very uh, the Chancellor of Germany, Angela Merkel, is very against the UK leaving the EU because it will cost Germany hundreds of thousands of jobs. Mm. Because they will have much less to export. Much, much less to import and so therefore they won't need all of these extra people so it's not just goods and services it's people who and all jobs. of these things yeah. are going to affect so those are some of the key um negotiation points i mean you can negotiate on everything from like what color are the new uk passports going to be when we leave like yeah. all of this tiny tiny minutiae has to be where do you Pass. have to stand in line at the airport? Exactly. All of these things that people did not think about when they were voting to leave. They were just like, I don't want these people in my country. Now have to be negotiated by these people. Mm -hmm. um, if you hear people talking about Mr. Donald Tusk, he is the EU's head negotiator. What a crazy name. So do we he, like him? He says some amazing things. Great. He called it a dog's Brexit. Oh, <laughs> rather right, than that a dog's Brexit. Maybe I like it. <laughs> um, and he is the person who is negotiating on. So at the moment, like the foreign secretary is the British head negotiator, that makes sense. Um, and the Brexit secretary. But poor Donald Tusk is the man that's negotiating for the whole of Europe. <laughs> 
Like, can you imagine being the person who has to get, like, Greece and France to I'm, agree? Yeah, I'm imagining, like, a very harried, like, New York accountant who's, like, kind of short and is just kind of, like, rustling around, like, oh my god, all these papers, like, I can't keep track of all of this. Like, that's what I'm imagining. I'm imagining... Donald Two's guess. I'm imagining, like, when you're trying to schedule a meeting at work between three important people... And, like, you got one of their free time, and then the second one's like, but I'm only free for one hour on a Tuesday. And then the third person's like, I work from home on Tuesdays, it must be Thursday. And you're like, well, (laughs) maybe you three just shouldn't meet. That's That's fine. Nobody can do it. (laughs) Um, So after this withdrawal bill in 2018 is sent to Parliament for debate, you start to see a slew of resignations from people. So you start to see a bunch of secretaries, including the Brexit secretary and the foreign secretary, (laughs) resigning. (laughs) They're pulling a camera. (laughs) (laughs) Because they did not think that the deal was viable. Uh So some of them said, it's too soft. We're still too closely tied to the EU. Some of them said, it's not soft enough and we're too far away from it. So you get this like wave, still to this day, of ongoing resignations of people who are angry at this Brexit deal. It's not soft enough is a huge mood for me. <laughs> yeah, fair. This I is constantly true. need the world to be softer. Um, so I think we're ready to move on to this year. Woo! Oh my god, we made it! 2019. A lot of other things have happened. Uh, Theresa May faced a vote of no confidence from her own party. Oh, uh, but she did win it. So, that so they was were like, okay. some confidence. Uh, she faced a second uh, no confidence vote in January, but that one she also managed to survive. Even more confidence. Um, and the votes start to happen on the withdrawal bill. So the first vote was rejected 432 to 202. They rejected it. Lots of people rejected Lots it. Lots of people rejected it. Uh, Seems like nobody thinks this is a good idea anymore. So we're in we're in January 2019. Uh, remember that March 29th, 2019 was the day we were supposed to be leaving. Yes. And nobody's agreed that we're allowed to say this nobody is the bill we packed. want. No. Nobody <laughs> checked their passports. No. So nobody got their traveler's checks. Oh we God. get all the way to March 14th. And then they vote to delay until June 2019. So delay number one. Oh, another month we have passed. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I feel like I'm that woman meme of the woman doing math, but like, <laughs> I think that's already passed. We, th- we, th- yeah. we did it. We did that. We got to June. Okay. Whew. So then there's a second vote on with the withdrawal bill, and it's defeated again. Slightly less people defeated it. Okay. But it's still defeated. But we're moving in the We're moving in the right, right direction. direction. Then they have a third one. Still defeated, still slightly less. Okay. Speaker of the House tells the government, you can't have a fourth vote and not change anything. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's giant exhausted mom energy. I wasn't even connecting that, so they were just putting the (laughs) same same bill up and they just kept being like, how about this time? (laughs) And there were two guys that were like, fine. But otherwise everyone no. was like, still no. Still no. Yeah. So Mr. John Burko, Speaker of the House, told the government, you cannot have a fourth vote <laughs> if you don't change anything. I love that. That makes sense. So because of that, in May 2019, Theresa May resigns. She's like, I can't do it. She's like, I can't do it. It they wasn't won't, Theresa's they name. They won't vote for my bill. <laughs> did you hear Sam's joke? <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> she liked it. <laughs> they won't vote for my bill. My time is now. I must go. So, again, we get a new prime minister without having a general election. Yikes. And this man who becomes our new prime minister 
Wah. is Boris Johnson. Wah. So, let's do a number thing. We remember that 15 million people voted to leave the European Union, right? Yes. The number of people who voted for Boris Johnson to become Prime Minister was 92,000. Yikes. Oh boy! <laughs> because that that's how the system lot. works. Just because, like because it's just like a, a hand me down. Yeah, that's no good. That's no yeah. bueno. So now we're getting into some of the news that is probably more recent to people. Nice. Um, the twenty eighth of August, twenty nineteen, Boris Johnson asked the Queen to suspend Parliament. I heard about this and I didn't understand what was happening. So the technical term for the suspension of Parliament is prorogue. It comes from the same root. Uh, as, like, prerogative. I was hoping it was pierogi. I also no. was hoping that. Because it's the Queen's uh, prerogative, prerogative it's to prerogue Parliament. Oh. That's her prerogative. Imagine um, the Queen. Queen of England, but she's dancing oh. like Bobby Brown. <laughs> and I can't. Um, so this is legal. Suspending Parliament is legal. What happens a lot in the UK is there's one session of parliament that starts at an election and after the prime minister wins another election he suspends parliament for a couple of days so that the queen can open a new session of parliament and give a speech that lays out the new prime minister's plans for the next like term of his election it's when they announce new policies and it's always done with the monarch's consent however this particular prorogation of Parliament was highly unusual. Hmm. It was going to be the longest in history. It was going to be five weeks when most of the time they last a week, ten days, most. Interesting. And it prevents Parliament from legislating on Brexit. Oh. Because they still have that withdrawal bill that everybody kept voting against sitting there. And if you end a session of Parliament all of the bills that were in that house ready to be voted on at the time get suspended and get pushed to the back of the queue for the new session to start. So that withdrawal bill, he's now trying to stop people voting on. He said, oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. There'll be plenty of time between when I want to end Parliament and when we have to vote. But the Supreme Court of the United Kingdom ruled that it was unlawful. Wow. Good that they did that. They said that he was doing it under false pretenses. They stopped short of saying he had lied to the Queen, because that would have been treason. Wow! That's true! But they did say that they he could not suspend Parliament for that long, and that the reasons why he had decided to do it were not enough. That's like a child trying to be like, Oh, I guess I'm going to go into the kitchen, but I'm not going to take a cookie. Like, I'm just going to go in the kitchen for something else. Like a dumb idiot child. So he wanted to call a general election and be voted on in as prime minister again. And he wanted to do it October 15th, which again has happened. (laughs) That's true. Just keep checking the calendar. Like, what month are we in? But... Again, the opposition didn't want him allow allow him to do that because it would have, again, suspended Parliament because they would have all been election campaigning. And they couldn't guarantee that if he called this election, he wouldn't then move the date to a different time mm-hmm. after the EU 
we were supposed to have left the EU and they wouldn't have had time to legislate on Brexit. So they think it's the only time in history when the opposition party has not wanted there to be an election so that they could come in. Yeah. So what if they, if they don't, if he had gotten his way and they hadn't been able to vote and we had gotten to Bye Bye Day? Well, Bye Bye Day now gets pushed back again. Oh, to October 31st, oh. 2019. So we'll check it in a couple days. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. should we record an update in a week? Jesus. So, Halloween special. The parliament comes back from its prorogation and one of the first things they do is create legislation that says if Boris Johnson does not have a deal that is approved by parliament by October 19th, 2019. Literally what day is it? <laughs> it's past, it's, 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 it's the 23rd. Four days ago. He has to write a letter to the president of the European Commission and say, can we have an extension, please? Which he did have to do. Wow. But he did not sign that letter because he said, I do not believe this. I just have to do it under law. What a dick move. I know, right? He was like, I guess I'll write it, but I won't sign it. What a slimy cucumber of a man. Yes. So Boris Johnson has been negotiating a new deal with the European Union Basically, it's the same as Theresa May's, but they've changed the language in a couple places, which makes it look like it's slightly different. But in reality, a lot of the things Boris Johnson that he said he was going to do, he has not managed to do. So this new bill is currently sitting in Parliament, <gasps> being voted on. Oh and he wanted to get it passed on Tuesday so that they could go ahead and leave on the 31st. However... Members of Parliament voted yesterday not to agree to that timeline. No. <laughs> I mean, good. We don't so want to they're happen. voting on the timeline? They're not yeah. even voting on the no. bill? No. So they're deliberately not voting on the bill so that there is another extension in lots of people's opinions. Wow. But if Boris Johnson still gets his way and by Monday they vote yes on the bill, we will leave the European Union on October 31st, 2019. Wow. So it could happen what a spook- any minute now. What a spooky Halloween. Yeah. So Boris Johnson has been pretty ruthless in trying to get his way and get this bill through. So he had uh, several MPs resigned, members of parliament defected to other po- parties. Wow. My own MP, Dr. Philip Lee, joined the Liberal Democrats from wow. the Conservatives. That's a big change. And 21 members of parliament lost the whip. That sounds... But as long as they still have the nay-nay, I think... <laughs> that was funny. I think it'll all work out. So this the... is the thing about England. is like, I get that they're, like, captains of industry, and they have this long history, and then you'll get on a train and be like, the terminal station of this is Tuffenpoof. And I'm like, that can't be right. That can't be right. It's just the silly name, the silliest names for things. So, I don't mean to offend you. It's all in, it's all in love and respect for you. The my God. losing the whip means that these people are no longer officially members of their designated party. And the next time there is an election, they will not be allowed to stand as a member of that party. Ooh. I get it. I get the metaphor. So I don't get the metaphor, but I understand what you're saying. They're like losing the power. Like yeah, the, the whip. Yeah. Oh, like the the whip, like well, whipping farm animals. In in politics, people talk about like whipping votes, and you have a government whip, which is the person that makes sure. I'm, you're saying this like I should know what it is. I'm not familiar with it. I'm ignorant. Let's move on. Okay. So you all remember when um, Theresa May called that 
old election in 2017, she had a majority of one. Uh-huh. Boris Johnson inherited that majority of one. Three MPs defected and he got rid of 21 more. Yes. So now he's governing from a mi- mi- minority government. Weird. Yeah. And then the real kicker, his brother resigned. Oh no. Saying he was torn between family loyalty and the national interest. Wow. His own brother called him a dum-dum. Yeah. So Boris Johnson is having a bad time of it. What's his brother's name? Uh, I believe it's Joe. Joe Johnson. Yeah. He lied to Olivia Coleman. Who I assume is the queen. Yeah, she's the queen. He lied to old Claire Foy. Old Claire Foy. (laughs) Yeah. So Boris Johnson's been pretty ruthless about trying to push this through, and Parliament is pushing back against that really hard. They've been sitting until at least midnight most days this week. Wow. Trying to work out their own timeline for this legislation, but really, at this point, it could go anyway. I'm concerned about all of these. Do you you guys trick-or-treat in England? No. No, No, you don't? I thought you meant like us. No. No, Meaning really. you as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> I have been. I was thinking like, well, now all these people who are in Parliament, they're not going to get to take their kids trick or treat. You guys don't do Halloween? No, not really. We I do, do um, England, like Halloween's becoming a little bit more of a thing in England. Yeah. But not like trick or treating all the time. It tends to be more of an excuse for youths to run around in teepee places. Oh, I, mean, I didn't mean to derail we us. Have I was our just own, wondering um, about the Halloween destination. We have so. our own uh, Guy Fawkes night. Right. November Similar. 5th. Similar. For the youths. Which, you know, November 5th is not that far away from October 31st, so maybe somebody will just really try and reenact oh, the gunpowder plot. Will, I wonder if they'll <laughs> be like, not. oh fuck, we're really close to we're the so in trouble. the government's going wild. Yeah, so that's kind of where we are. Wow. I did not think you were going to bring us up to like, this minute is like should we all check our phones oh you could i mean i looked at it before we started to record just in case i hadn't missed anything (laughs) of like super importance and we might we might air this episode and everyone will be like i can't believe you didn't talk about blah 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 maybe we don't have the facts for you yeah so fast becky what is your so you're a remain voter i am a remain voter what are you hoping happens i think at this point we have to leave. I don't think there is any way to stop that train mm-hmm. rolling. I think what we have to do now is get the best deal that we can, not make Europe hate us forever, mm-hmm. and try and move on, because I'm not sure that we can backtrack far enough. There are some people in the UK who are still campaigning for a second referendum, because uh-huh. they're like, now people might decide it was a bad idea. Yeah. But I don't think that trying to scoot around this is going to be any better Mm -hmm. so i think we just have to try and do the best that we can and continue on hopefully not getting too close to donald trump yeah (laughs) nobody's doing a great job no no one's country is doing a great job at this this table and and becky this is your country too yeah Yeah. you are dual citizens yeah 2016 was really hard for you 2016 was a bad year yeah it was not a good time yeah yeah but what do you think um has been your takeaway about your country of origin from all of this like you are you are american now also but you're still english and you identify to my understanding unless you've made some real different choices (laughs) in the past (laughs) couple months and canceled your bbc subscription as an english person and what how do you kind of view your country now has it changed anything it for you it has been kind of odd because i think 
when you don't live in a place but you still feel like it's home, you end up with this rose-tinted view of what it is. Mm. And England, to me, was always the place I went over the summer and it was where my grandparents were and it was, like, this lovely idyllic place. And then you realise that they're actually voting against people who are actively like you. And those grandparents are people that voted leave. And so... I then felt like it was a real personal attack on me as an immigrant, even though I am still a British person. The other thing that was really interesting is before the Brexit referendum, Scotland had an independence referendum. And I, in that referendum, though I didn't vote because I do not live in Scotland, um, would have said Scotland should have remained part of the United Kingdom. And that is how they voted in the end. But there is now talk of a second independence referendum in Scotland because, as I said, they voted so strongly to stay in the EU. Yeah. And now I would be totally in favour if Scotland wanted to jump off, get back in with the EU. Yeah, it's not their mess. Because that's not what they wanted. And yeah. I think it would be really hard for people in the UK to argue against Scotland doing that because... You just did it to the EU. You said, I don't want to be beholden to somebody else ruling my politics. How are you going to let Scotland also have to be beholden to yours? Yeah. So that changed my view a lot. Yeah. The only other person I've ever talked to who has been a Leave voter who I've sort of agreed with was a man who was in a show at the ART mm-hmm. whose family came to the UK from the Commonwealth. And he was saying, growing up, his grandparents were told, you know, if you come to England, the mother country will look after you. The mother country will take care of you. You know, England loves you. You are part of our empire at the time. And he said that when his family came here and faced, or came there and faced so much racism and so much distaste for the empire, he felt so othered by the UK and then to see them turn towards Europe and accept all of those people in a way that they didn't accept their own made him extremely anti-Europe. Interesting. And that was the one time that something, somebody who was voted leave resonated with me that England turned against their own in favour of Europe. Mm -hmm. And if we go back from Europe, we can maybe lean further into the commonwealth but i think we've done too much damage there yeah to really be welcomed back yeah. by people like, but it's it's a valuable opinion yeah it's it was a very a different, different yeah. yeah it was a very different reason to vote leave than the ones that most people talk about voting leave for yes yeah that's mm-hmm. true yeah it's not coming from blatant racism no yeah. not at all <laughs> of course no not at all so that was really, really interesting, and yeah. I'm realizing how uninformed I've been on international <laughs> yeah, politics. And I feel like but... I'm only, like, I could have gone a lot deeper on some of those things. I'm sure things. you could have, yeah. And I feel like if anybody's really interested, the BBC has a fantastic weekly slash emergency podcast called Brexit Cast. Ooh. And it's the political European editor, the political Westminster editor, and two of their senior correspondents, and it's... Um, normally happens every Thursday but they do an emergency podcast when there's been big news so sometimes they've been doing them three times a week mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's two of them are based in Brussels at the head of the European Union and two of them are based in Westminster at the Houses of Parliament getting both sides of the, the day's news oh, that's really cool. so yeah. if you want to keep up with it now Brexit cast is a really yeah, good one. Honestly, I'm always looking for a new podcast. Yeah, so and they're it. only like 15-20 minute episodes because they're just like, here's what happened, here's what it means. So, 
Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Becky. Yeah, it was yeah. nice this to be back. Great. Yeah. We haven't spoken to you since, you know, March of 2018. <laughs> yeah, so. that's it. <laughs> Just been by myself. Yep. <laughs> With my fat cat. <laughs> Not speaking to, it, to either of us. <laughs> Sam and I don't speak apart from the podcast. No, this basically is the only time I see any of you. And I'm wearing the mic the whole time. Because I, <laughs> I don't want to look upon you. I just need to hear you. Yep. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. We really hope that all of you, um, you know, tweet at us and, and let us know your thoughts, especially anyone who's directly affected by the vote, you know, like any, um, UK residents, Commonwealth residents, you know, yeah, European Scottish Union. people, are you out, are you in, how are you feeling about it? Uh, I know that we do have a significant amount of listenership in, um, in England at least, um, and in Ireland too, I believe. So, uh, we would love your thoughts. We really would. So please, um, shoot us a note at, um, imhorrifiedpodcast at gmail.com. And if we get enough crazy action, we'll have Becky back to do, uh, you know, a follow-up and, and answer all your all your questions or anything you got about that. Um, Honestly, we'll probably s- have her back anyways, because yeah. this is going to go <laughs> crazy. It's going to go sideways any minute. Yeah. We're going to have to have you back next week. No. <laughs> do send in any questions you have about, like, how in the world does this work? Because I would love to do an episode where Becky just answers your questions. About, like, <laughs> there's two Irelands? And then yeah. also, like, why is Doctor Who so popular? <laughs> <laughs> that one I would love to take. So we'll start, we'll go back to 1953. Yeah. No. Um, but, um... Thank you so much, Becky. Yeah. We love you as a person, but also as a source of content. <laughs> um, and yeah, definitely check out Brexit Cast, you said yep. it was. BBC. Um, and until next week, we hope you stay horrified. Stay horrified. Stay horrified. Stay horrified.